Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We're glad you've joined us for this week's podcast. Dr. Kelly is currently leading us through a series entitled Love and Respect, Marriage Matters. Here's Dr. Kelly with this week's podcast. What's up? How are we doing today? We doing good? I trust at all the other campuses, it was like it was right here. But I just want to tell you something. We just bless the heart of God with that kind of worship. Amen? The Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. And you folks just leaned in and worshiped. And again, I trust it's like that at all the campuses. And I just want to give a shout out to all the worship arts pastors and all the volunteers in the tech booths and on the stages who create... These environments at all of our campuses. So why don't we just on the count of three. Yeah, one, two, three. Celebrate them. Celebrate them. Hey, I got, I got a few little housekeeping things here before I introduce kind of where we're going today. Uh, first of all, because the, the deadline's kind of coming, and I just want to let you know that you're invited to go. Um, I am taking a group to uh, the travels of Paul, the, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. So we're going to be going to Ephesus, Rome, Corinth. We're going to be taking a little cruise over to the island of Patmos where John wrote the book of Revelation. By the way, I'm thinking about doing a series on the book of Revelation next year. How many of you would like a series on the book of Revelation? I hear that all the time. And so listen, April 13th through the 26th, we'd love to have you go. There are brochures at all of the campuses. Let me know if you want to go with me. We already have a good sized group signed up, but I wanted to throw that out there a few more times. Secondly, you need to know that last Sunday, God showed up strutted his stuff and we saw around and again it's hard to say because this is this is conservative like the first service i didn't even ask people to raise their hands or mark the connect cards so this is conservative but we know that around 236 people accepted christ as lord and savior come on church come on now that's why we do that's why we do what we do and, and related to that, I just had to share this email uh, because it's related to all of that and the names we put on the walls, etc. Dear Pastor Benji, just wanted to let you know how much we appreciate you being you, using all that God has gifted you to reach others with the gospel of Christ. One of the names I wrote on the wall, Jeremiah Davis, came to church this past Sunday for the first time in 20 years and loved it. So she wrote his name on the wall. Hadn't been to church in 20 years. He greeted me with the biggest smile this morning at work, telling me that he made it to my church and really liked it. Oh, novel concept. (laughs) To like church, right? Amen. Where was I? Oh, Jenna tells me that you approached Jeremiah afterwards and how much of an impact that had. I'm sure being your usual welcoming, easy to chat with character, blah, 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 blah. I'm I'm going to get you some other stuff. Just want you to know that we do not take for granted and appreciate how we are inviting newcomers to our church to reach them. Then watch this. Also wanted to share with you the multiplying ripple effect that invest and invite is having on my unit at Duke. She works at Duke. The promised land, right right down the road a little bit. I don't want to hear anything from any of y'all about the football game the other night. You bunch of sinners. Just kidding, just kidding. Uh, uh, also wanted to share with you the multiplying ripple effect that we're having on the invest and invite in my unit at Duke. Previously, a very rough work culture. Check this out. This is what 
This is what I mean when I say we can change the spiritual landscape throughout the Carolinas and beyond. Watch this. It's a very rough work culture, not Christian, not friendly at all. As more people, nurses, professionists, and providers come to visit New Hope and then invite others and so on, watch this. It is having a ripple effect that is starting to change our work culture with conversations about church, the message, life groups, inviting others and encouraging each other in our walk with the Lord, becoming more mainstream and not hidden. Duke, watch this. You Carolina people are going to love this. Duke, a mini mission field for reaching, teaching, and releasing. And you thought you were done at Duke. And she says a few more things. Gail Wehmer. Un- yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So excited about what is happening there. Okay, so let's go ahead and get right on into the message. I want to just kind of walk you through where we are going today. I get the unbelievable privilege of introducing to you my good friend. Some of you know him. If not, by the end of the day, you are going to know him well. I am talking about Pastor Derek Mull of the Garner Campus. That's right. Give it up for him. Give him some love. Give him some love. He is coming to preach the message today. This guy is my very first campus pastor. He took over Garner. Listen to this. He took over Garner over four years ago. When we took over the Garner campus, you might recall that we were invited to take over this church. They had 30 people left. 30 people. About 30. We grew that church from 30 to 3. Literally. Seriously. Do the math. But sometimes, sometimes the best kind of growth is downward. Before you can go upward. Hello. There are a lot of, I'm about to preach a little message right here. There are a lot of churches in our land. They're just a few funerals away from greatness. Now you're getting it. Figure that out. We grew up from 30 to 3. And under his leadership, they're now a church of over 500. He is, he is one of the most tenacious, steadfast, hardworking, God-oriented, loyal visionary. He loves the vision of this church. He's an unbelievable friend of mine. He is married to the lovely Cindy Mole. They met, met at Southeastern University in Florida. They have three kids, Dylan, Destiny, and Delaney. They are an awesome family, and I am so proud of him and what God is doing with him at the Garner campus. And when I realized I had been preaching about 11 weeks in a row and I needed a break, he was the man I went to. Besides that, I'm about to get on a plane. Pray for me. I'm flying to uh, Houston today. Got a good friend, Pastor Dave Garrison, pastor of the church called Northside Christian Church, going to minister to him. And we'll be getting there today about three, four o'clock, something like that. Pray for me, but that's besides the point. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to open up your hearts. I want you to grab that pen. I want you to grab that worship sheet. And I want you to lean in because God's got a word. Pastor Fuller called this guy Dr. Love last night. In an email. 
Dr. Love. So when I thought about who could come and preach this message on part three of love and respect, it is Pastor Derek Mall. Would you give him a good new hope? Welcome! Nobody is to say amen, and everybody knows your mama now. You can see who lives two miles away in a watertown town. don't know that I deserve that kind of welcome or introduction, but it is so good to be with you today. How's everybody doing? Good, good, good. I'm so excited to be worshiping with you today, and and look, I'm honored to be here. Y'all know, y'all know that what we experience at New Hope Church isn't normal, don't you? Like some of y'all know this, you get this, but man, 236 people giving their heart to Christ? Yeah. Come on, somebody. That's not normal, but it should be. Give God some praise. We are so blessed, and we're blessed by the the life change. We are blessed by God's hand of favor that is upon us. We are also blessed to have what I consider to be one of the greatest leaders and pastors leading this movement in Dr. Benji Kelly. Would y'all give him a round of applause? And honor him. Love you, bro. Thank you for allowing me to stand on this stage and minister to each and every one of you. Want to look into the camera and welcome all of our campuses to the good folks in Kenya. Let me say Karibu. We are so glad to have you here with us. North Raleigh, Columbia, Sanford, the Coffee House campus upstairs. Give it up for the internet community, the TV community, Daughters of the King, NCCIW. Ladies, we're so glad to have you with us. And of course, all of the great folks at Central Campus. Y'all give everybody a round of applause. Glad to have everyone here today. And you might be thinking, well, he he forgot a campus. Let me look into that camera and say, surprise. Cindy and I love you guys so much. We are so honored to be able to serve you as campus pastors there in Garner. We know you guys are going to have a great day. Looking forward to being back with you next Sunday. But here's what's cool. It's kind of funny. People ask me all the time when I meet new hopers from different campuses, uh, and especially here at the Central Campus, if they've never been to a worship celebration at one of our multi-site campuses, they ask, what's it like on Sunday? What's it like on Sunday, specifically at the Garner campus? And here's the deal. I can sum it up for you in four words. Sweet tea and Jesus. Every Sunday. I mean, that's it. We serve sweet tea and Jesus. We have taken the two things that will change your life. And we have put them together. And we have seen revival break out in the Water Tower town. It's absolutely, absolutely amazing. I think I just heard Garner shout amen as they were lifting up their Bojangle cups. But today we're going to pick back up with our series, Love and Respect, and man, is this series ever needed. You know, recent studies show that the American divorce rate is nearly twice what it was since 1960, even though it's decreased a little bit since reaching an all-time high in 1980. And you might hear the last part of that stat and think, well, it sounds like marriages might be on the upswing. Well, let me make you aware also, cohabitation has become more common in place of marriage in the culture that you and I live in today. And I say all that to say this, 
culture's view of the marriage relationship has become so distorted, it's become so jacked up that the majority of couples entering into the marriage relationship are set up for failure before they ever begin, which is a great opportunity for me to say, don't ever, ever, ever take your cue from culture on how to have a successful marriage. I mean, that would be like us busting the walls out of this worship center and expanding this facility without ever talking to the architect. That's just stupid. And so if we want to learn how to have a successful marriage relationship, it's probably a good idea to consult the one who designed it in the first place, the one who built it in the first place. Amen? Amen. Amen. So here's what I want you to know today. Culture will jack you up, but God will build you up. Culture will jack you up, but God will build you up. I'm curious, are there any marriages in the house or at any of our campuses that could use some work today? Don't, don't be bashful. If you're married, you probably could use some work. All right, so let's do this. Let's, let's see what the master architect has to say about this, and let's do some work. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your presence in this place today. God, I want to thank you for your presence at all of our campuses. God, I pray that you would take the words that I speak today, and God, God, I pray that you would speak through them. Father, I pray that in all that we do, we would bring you glory. God, we would bring you honor. And Father, if there are marriages in the house that are on the verge of divorce, that are on the verge of, of splitting up, God, I pray that today would begin the restoration for them. And that, God, you would have your way in each and every life. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, take out your teaching notes, grab a pen, turn in your Bibles, your smartphones, your tablets, however it is you access God's Word today. And I want you to turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33. This has been our foundational passage of Scripture throughout this series. And because New Hope does such a great job of this, why don't we read it together? Here we go. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Husbands must love your wives, and wives must respect their husbands. Now, Paul states it pretty clearly here that if you want to be successful in the marriage relationship, these two components, love and respect, have got to be present. And if you'll remember from previous weeks, we've also established that out of love and respect, there are two cycles that marriages can be on. We have the crazy cycle. The crazy cycle says what? That without love, she reacts without what? And without respect, he reacts without love. Now, we get this, we understand this, and it makes perfect sense, but not one of us would be in here today and probably would admit we want to live on this cycle. None of us make plans or have dreams or or make preparations to get married so that we can stay here 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's crazy. But aside from the crazy cycle, we also have the energizing cycle. And the energizing cycle says his love motivates her respect and her respect motivates what? His love. All right? We like this one much better, don't we? This is where we want to live. But why is it so stinking hard? I would probably submit to you today that one of the main reasons is you have two individuals with all of their individuality trying to come together and function as one. So how do we do this? 
how do we get off the crazy cycle and get on to the energizing cycle? Well, the answer is found in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33. It's wrapped up in love and respect. Husbands, love your wives. Women, respect your husbands. We've got to learn how to speak the language that our spouse understands. It's love and respect. Now, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Benji took the latter part of this passage and he spoke to the ladies on how they could respect their man. God bless him. Today, I have the task of speaking to the guys. If I have any men in the house, let me hear you grunt. That's what I thought. I have the task of speaking to the guys on how you can love your woman. Now, before you look up here and think, because this dude is short and bald, there is no way he's going to be able to speak effectively on this subject matter. Allow me to inform you. My wife is hot. She's hot. And I'm coming up on 18 years of marriage. That didn't just happen. I'm just saying. I haven't got it all figured out, but I figured out something. So let's unpack how a man loves a woman. First thing you got to do is this. You got to connect with her, dude. You got to connect with her. Fellas, you need to understand that God hardwired women to desire connectivity. Women desire connection and they need connection like we need oxygen. And a woman who is not getting connection that she needs from her man, she reverts to her default and she typically begins to confront. And this is where those pink and blue signals begin to get crossed a little bit because, man, when she confronts you, you interpret that as her trying to establish control. Men, this is why we tend to think that our wives are always picking a fight with us, which leads to us feeling disrespected we're looking at it through blue lenses we're looking at it through blue lenses but my goal today is to help you understand her desire her need for connection through pink lenses my goal today is to help you begin to look at things from her perspective and her point of view. And ladies, if I get it right, I better hear you up in the house today. So how do we, how do we make that connection? Well, I would submit to you it begins with FaceTime. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about video chats on your phone, all right? These are great. I love my phone. Okay, it's a great tool for communicating and connecting with others. But we all get this. We all know it's a double-edged sword. It can be great for communicating and connecting, and it can also be divisive for a relationship. So what I'm talking about is actual face-to-face time without interruption. Let's see what God's Word has to say about this. Genesis 2, chapter, or chapter 2, rather, verse 24. Let's read it together. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Now the King James Version uses the word cleave here instead of united. And when scripture talks about cleaving, the idea in the Hebrew is to cling, hold, or hold close. Two are joined together face to face, becoming one flesh. Like side note here, did you know 
that in all of God's creation, only human beings are sexually intimate face-to-face? Think about it. No, not too long. Come Come back with me. (laughs) Come back with me. All right. I I know, cleaving, it it does. It refers to to a, a sexual nature, but it's more than that. It also means spiritual and emotional closeness. This is a salient passage for you men, and it's full of insight. Bro, your wife will feel so much more love when you move towards her and when you desire to be close to her with a look, a touch, or a smile. Remember, she wants to connect. And y'all may have had a hard day that day. And dude, all you want to do is come home and plop on the couch and grab the remote and hit up Sports Center while she fixes you a nice dinner. Like, dude, I hope you know you're going to spend a lot of time on that couch. I seriously hope you spared no expense and you bought the best couch money can buy. (laughs) Because that kind of uninvolved behavior will not make your wife feel loved. She'll feel loved if you get up off of the couch and you go into the kitchen and you help her prepare dinner. or, Or wait a minute. What if you just take care of dinner on your own? What if you let her hang out on the couch? I did this once. My wife was, um, she was, uh, she was working later hours uh, at this time in our life and I was responsible for dinner a couple of days a week. And, and, and one day I just decided, you know what? I'm going to go in that kitchen. I'm going to use that thing on the lower counter called the oven and I'm going to whip something up. I can do this. And so I went on, found recipes and any seafood lovers? Do we love seafood? All right. And, and I went and found, I went and found a recipe For broiled Parmesan tilapia. Like you want to write that down in your notes. Broiled Parmesan tilapia. And I found this recipe and and I found a recipe for some side items. And I I went to the store and I bought all the ingredients. And and, and I came home and and man, I'm in the kitchen and I'm doing my thing and I'm getting it done. And and, and the kids are all doing their homework. and, And I cooked the meal. And my wife came home from work. And she walked in the door, and there's the kids looking, looking nice and, and polite, sitting at the table, and, and we're all waiting for her, and we got her plate ready, and it's piping hot, and she's like, what's going on? And I said, I cooked dinner. And she said, really? And I said, yeah, I cooked dinner. So she sat down, and she took a bite, and guess what? I nailed it. She loved it. It was awesome. As a matter of fact, I often will get a text, hey, are you going to cook broiled Parmesan tilapia tonight? (laughs) It's a win, fellas, I'm telling you. But cooking dinner is hardly face-to-face time. What that does is it sets the stage for being able to sit down together and have meaningful conversation. Look, ask her about her day, dude. Tell her about yours. That means you're going to have to use adjectives. But it doesn't have to be dinner. Look, it could be anything else. The point is, find ways to engage your wife face-to-face. This energizes her like shoulder-to-shoulder time does for us. Remember when Pastor talked about this a couple of weeks ago? This, this energizes her like shoulder-to-shoulder time does for us. It's pink and it's blue. And for women, face-to-face time is heart-to-heart time. I'm glad you ladies are here today. Men, here's the deal. You've got to take the blue shades 
you got to take them off with great intentionality. And what you've got to do is you've got to begin to go and find those pink shades in this area where it comes to connection. And you've got to put these bad boys on and you've got to figure out how you're going to get to her heart. And the way that you're going to do that is face-to-face, being engaged in the moment. Connectivity is what women look for in any relationship, but especially the marriage relationship. Now, I heard a story once of, uh, of an elderly couple that had gone out to dinner. And while they were at dinner, the wife happened to notice a couple of booths down, there was another couple that was having dinner as well. And, and she took note that the husband was, was leaned over real close, locking eyes and getting lost in, in his wife's eyes. And, and she was smiling. He was, he was holding her hand. He was whispering sweet nothings to her. And she was blushing and, and smiling as he talked to her. And the lady that was observing this, she, she nudged her husband and she said, look at how sweet they are. Like, he's holding her hand. He's looking at her and she's looking at him. That's so sweet. Why don't you ever do that? And the husband looked up from his Caesar salad and he glanced over at the couple. And then he looked at his wife and he said, honey, I don't even know that woman. salad now while that's funny that story makes a point about pink and blue pink wants face-to-face time blue just wants to focus on the caesar salad but fellas listen to me being close having quality face-to-face time with your wife will cost you nothing but your time and your intentionality when we do this we communicate love to our wives which guess what will motivate her respect. Get it? Good. Got him trained, Pastor. I love it. Second thing is this. Listen to her. Listen to her. Fellas, this requires you and I to do something that we are historically horrible at. Like, I don't know if it's the same way for you, but when my wife sends me to the store to get four things, I'm coming back with three every single time without fail. Like, she can, she can tell me half a dozen times. I could be on the phone with her as I'm walking into the store. My intentions are great, but I'm going to come home with three things, and she's going to say, hey, where's such and such? Forgot. Or maybe this is you. Uh, on Wednesday, your wife says, hey, honey, don't forget, Friday night, we're hanging out with the Millers. We're going to the football game. And, and you're like, yep, got it, awesome. Come Friday morning, you're on your way to work and you call her because I know y'all don't text and drive. But you call her and, and you say, hey, baby, what do you want to do tonight? <laughs> Dude, Friday night lights just went to Friday night fights. Can I get a witness? I mean, seriously. My wife calls this need to know listening. If I don't need to know then and there... I'm usually not listening. That leads to us getting in lots of trouble, (laughs) way more than anything else. But we need to understand our wives, guys, in this area. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7 says this. It says, Husbands, live with your wives in a way or in an understanding way. Live with your wives in an understanding way. And I love this verse because Peter doesn't say that I've got to understand my wife. Because listen, no male can ever understand any woman completely. Let alone the one he loves the most. 
But the key is for me and for you to come across in a way that is understanding that your wife desires. So men, how do you do this? Well, it requires you to use one of the most powerful tools that you have in your tool belt. Your ears. If you just listen to your wife, she is much more likely to feel understood. Our wives need us to not only be connected with them face to face, but what they also need is for us to listen to them as they share their heart, as they share their concerns, as they share their struggles. Now, I've got to be honest, this becomes very difficult for a man to do because we're not exactly wired to just listen. In fact, men are much more analytical. We're much more prone to giving answers. We're much more prone to fixing whatever situation might be there. So I want to illustrate this to you with a video clip that I think captures the idea of a woman's need for a man to listen and a man's tendency to want to fix things. Check this out. It's just there's all this pressure, you know, and sometimes it feels like it's right up on me and I can just feel it, like literally feel it in my head and it's relentless and I don't know if it's going to stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most is that I don't know if it's ever going to stop. Yeah. Well, you do have a nail in your head. It is not about the nail. Are you sure? Because I mean, I'll bet if we got that out of there, stop trying to fix it. No, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just pointing out that maybe the nail is causing. You always do this. You always try to fix things when what I really need is for you to just listen. See, I don't think that is what you need. I think what you need is to get the nail. See, you're not even listening now. Okay, fine. I will listen. Fine. It's just sometimes it's like there's this achy. I don't know what it is. And I'm not sleeping very well at all. And all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. Yeah, I, that sounds really hard. It is. Thank you. Ow! Oh, come on. Ow. If you would just... Don't... Try to see things my way. Oh... It's funny, but it's true. Oh, it's so true. And listen, after almost 18 years of marriage, I figured out that in most cases, when my wife is talking to me about something, she doesn't need me to fix whatever it is. She just needs me to listen. And I'm like you guys, man. I'm up and down with this thing. There have been times and moments where I have literally been in the process of getting ready to offer her a solution, and I've had to stop myself. And I've had to say, is this a problem that you want me to solve or, or do you just need me to listen? Fellas, this, this requires great, great intentionality because listening is a key for understanding. As men, we've got to recognize, we've got to understand that women need to talk in order to, to release and realize their emotions. A woman's a very integrated personality. She's a lot like a tea kettle. She collects things that have happened to her throughout the day, and and, and there's this buildup. And she needs to release those things, and oftentimes it cannot wait until tomorrow. She needs opportunity to talk about it. And see, guys, we compartmentalize. 
You remember when pastor talked about the boxes? You know, we put things in different boxes and, and when we need them, we pull them out. When we don't, we put them up. We don't necessarily have to talk about things because that pressure is not building up for us to do so. But for a woman, that pressure builds and, and talking allows her to literally let off some steam, which makes her feel better. And guys, when we listen, she feels so much more connected. So fellas, just listen. Don't try to fix every situation that she comes to you with. And then finally, honor her. Honor her. Let's look back at the uh, passage of scripture we were at a moment ago, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. It says this, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. Let's continue. Since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. It says, honor the women as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. Now, I realize this passage of scripture might be controversial for some because it refers to women as the weaker vessel. But here's what you need to understand. Peter, who historically was known for sticking his foot in his mouth, was not calling women weak in this passage. That's not what he was actually saying. What he was saying was this. The wife is typically the weaker vessel because of her vulnerability to her husband within the marriage relationship. She's vulnerable when her husband does not seek to understand her and when he dishonors her by treating her as less than equal. Remember, it says, since they are heirs with you, with you of the grace of life. One way to look at the phrase weaker vessel might be to consider these two bowls that we have on stage. One is made of copper and one is made of porcelain. Now, the copper bowl represents a man. It's strong. It's durable. It's functional. If I was to drop this thing on the floor, it's not going to break. It might dent, might get scratched, but it's durable. It's not going to break. It's a lot like a man. However, over here, with a porcelain bowl, we find that it is made of very fine, fragile material. Still functional, but fragile. If I was to drop this on the floor, it would probably not dent. It would break. It's not of less value. In most cases, I would say the porcelain is probably of greater value. But men, women are like, women are like a porcelain bowl that God has told us to make sure that we treat delicately, to make sure that we honor. And it's almost as if he put a sign on our women that says, handle with care. Different. Not bad. Just different. Different functions for different settings. Handle with care. The way we do that, man, is by honoring them. For her, honor is part of love. She wants to know that you have her on your heart. She wants to know that you have her on your mind first and foremost. This will cause her to feel treasured. It will cause her to feel cherished. And it will cause her to feel esteemed. But how do we do this? Well, one way that we can do it is with symbols. 
Like, for instance, dude, you, you might get your wife flowers for your anniversary or, or for a special occasion like Mother's Day. You might do it just because. And all that is is a symbol of your love that honors her and honors the significance of that day or that moment or that occasion. Like, you got to know significant moments like your wedding day, her birthday, your children's birthday... Those are extremely meaningful for her. They have a great deal of meaning. And when you acknowledge it in a way that adds value to that occasion, you honor her. You show her that you love her. Now, to do this on a consistent basis is far from a science. Fellas, it's more of an art. And what it will require of you more than anything else is great intentionality. And this is a great opportunity for me to also say this. When you honor your wife, acknowledge her. Thank her for all that she does. Let her know how you feel about her. Let her know that you appreciate her. Like if your wife works outside of the home, thank her for the contributions that she makes to the family. Like if she had a difficult day, dude, find out where she gets her nails done. Call that place up. Make her an appointment and pay for it. And then let her know she's got 30 minutes to an hour of just her time. This is huge. And by the way, if you have not discovered what your wife's love language is, I highly recommend you stop by the Resource Center and that you pick up this book. And we probably have select quantities available. So if we sell out, you might need to order, but we can take care of that for you. But when you find out what your wife's love language is and you begin to speak that language to her and you put it into practice, dude, you honor her. Say the words thank you. Say the words, I appreciate you, and say them often and with sincerity. And like if you have kids, for God's sake, do this in front of them. Do this in front of them. It makes all the difference in the world. Say things like, I'm proud of the way that you handled that. Stand up when she walks in a room or comes to the table. Like my mom raised three boys. And my mom used to teach classes on etiquette at universities and and to local businesses and things like that. So we grew up having an understanding of what manners and etiquette and those things were all about. And we were taught from a very early age that when a woman enters the room, you stand up. It's a way of honoring her. And so when my wife and I were dating and I brought her home to meet the family for the first time and we were all sitting at the dining room table, my mom came in from the kitchen to bring uh, something for the table and me and my dad and my brothers, we all stood up and my wife was like, where's everybody going? <laughs> she wasn't raised that way. But guess what? In my home, when my wife comes to the table or she comes in the room, my son and I, we stand up. It's a way of showing honor. Speak highly of her in front of others. Dude, give her some Facebook or Twitter love. Let people know how you feel about her. Open the door for her. When she tries something new, give her praise for taking a risk, regardless of how it turns out. Here's a big one. Choose family things over guy things. You don't have to do this all the time, but dude, I'm going to tell you what. You need to go watch the chick flick. Sometimes you got to do it. If she works or she goes out on a trip... Man, leave the house looking better than the way she left it. It will mean the world to her. These are all very practical things that you can do to show her honor, to show her that you treasure her, to show her that you esteem her. Man, listen, if you want to get off the crazy cycle, and I just happen to believe that when there's a couple that's on a crazy cycle, I happen to believe that men should lead the way on this.
I believe men should take the first step. I was, I was raised in the South, and so you, you might call me old-fashioned or, or, or whatever, but I just think men should take the first step. But if you want to get off that crazy cycle, if you want to experience an energizing relationship with your wife, then, dude, you've got to learn to speak the language of love. You've got to learn to look at things through those pink lenses because when you do, she will respond by respecting you more than you ever thought possible. The reality is this, church. We live in a culture... Where marriages are no longer sacred. People go into them and they come out of them like they're going in and out of a store. They've lost their sacredness. And the enemy is attacking this area in people's lives, especially the Christian, more than any other. But here's what I also know. You were never designed to do this alone. God always had it in his plan to be part of the marriage relationship. And you can do all the things that we're talking about. Guys, you can do all the things that Pastor was talking about last week. Or ladies, rather, you can do those things. Guys, you can do the things that we're talking about this week. But if you, if you don't have God as the foundation, you're missing a vital component to help you be successful in this area. And you've got to recognize that you're just going to need His help. You might have heard the expression that marriage is 50-50, right? It's the biggest lie ever told. Marriage is 100-100. It is both of you giving everything you've got to put the other one first. But you need the Lord's help. And so in just a moment, we're going to pray. And what I would encourage you to do if you're here with your spouse, maybe grab their hand during this prayer. Take an opportunity to recommit yourselves to one another. But also ask the Lord. Use this time to ask the Lord as an opportunity for Him to help you. So that your relationship, so that your marriage can be as successful as it possibly can be. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your presence in this place today. God, I just want to thank you for creating the amazing institution known as marriage. God, you, you made men and women for each other, but Father, you also made them for you. Father, we have so many things that are coming against us that are attacking us in these areas. That God, if we're nonchalant, if we're, if we're not careful, if we're not intentional about it, Father, we can find ourselves dealing with more hurt, more devastation than we ever thought possible. So Father, I pray that throughout this series, during this time, as, as we address something that you created, something that you instituted, the sanctity of marriage, God, I pray that you would use this as a time for restoration, a time for rebuilding, a time for strengthening. And Father God, I pray that as we, as we turn our attention to one another, Father, we not, we not lose sight of the fact that we need your help. Father, guide us and direct us. Father, show us what your word has to say concerning this relationship. And Father, how we can put one another first. And honor you in the process. We love you and we praise you and we thank you for all of these things. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at newhopenc.org. If you have any prayer requests, please send those to prayers at newhopenc.org. 
and our pastors and staff will stand with you in prayer. We hope you'll join us next week. God bless and thank you for being a part of our church family.